Welcome to part two of the Civic Pride episode here on Eyes on the Street. In uh, part one, the previous episode, we spoke to Jeff Siegler of Revitalize or Die, had a great conversation with him about civic pride and the role that that plays in shaping our communities. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back and listen to the previous episode. On this episode, part two, we're going to continue the conversation, sit down with a few members of the civic brand team and talk about some practical steps and things that cities can do to foster civic pride. Enjoy. You're listening to Eyes on the Street, a civic brand podcast, conversations on community branding, engagement, and marketing. Today's episode is brought to you by Potholes. Just slow down. We'll fix them later. <laughs> so yeah, that was the interview with Jeff Siegler from Revitalizer Die. A lot of interesting things that we talk about a lot here at the office as well. And so just wanted to get everybody else's take and thoughts and ideas around some of those things that foster civic pride. Um, so I guess let's kick things off. Obviously, I'm Ryan from Civic Brand, but who else do we have here on the on the podcast today? Hey, I'm Kenzie. I'm Brisa. And I'm Colin. So cool. So I guess, first of all, yeah, I mean, what, what, do, what do you guys think are the first steps of, you know, a city? They heard that, they're, they, they buy into it. Yes, we agree with everything that's there, but what's our first step? I think first they've got to get on the same page about, like, what is it even that they stand for? What are the things that are important to them? Um, and so establishing those brand principles of, these are the things we value. These are the things we find important. And then kind of using those to guide them with everything and everything going forward. Yeah. And I think the idea of the brand principles, um, you know, it just, it should make, if you define those and it's not just a behind closed doors exercise that just city does, but it's, it involves the residents and the whole community buys into it. Once you have those, it can be that filter for all decisions that you make, whether it's a, you know, do we let this business in? Do we make this zoning change? Do we host this event? Um, it should make all of those decisions um, just easier to make. So in in the talk that we give in every branding project, we we have that slide and it's a fishing pier and there's thousands of people on the pier and they all have fishing poles and they're all trying to do the same thing. They're all trying to catch fish, but they're getting their lines crossed. They're, they're getting things tangled up. And then, of course, the next slide that we show, it's somebody casting a net. And I, for me, that analogy is, you know, in a city, even when we – are 100% on the same page. We're trying to do the same thing. If we have, you know, the CVB and economic development and the chamber and all these different groups are all trying to do the same thing and promote the city and do their best for the city. But if we're all just casting our own line and we're not on the same page, it's just going to be a mess. We're going to get our lines tangled. And so, yeah, I agree. I think the brand principles are the place to start. And that doesn't have to be a year long branding project. I mean, we've, when we're doing half day or full day workshops with cities, we can help start to walk through that process and get, you know, working towards what are those brand principles so that you can get on the same page. You can, um, the departments can be less siloed. I think that was something that was really valuable. And when we were doing the workshop with the city of Santa Fe, New Mexico was that became a big focus is how do these departments, you know, that are all working and going towards the same goal, how do they get on the same page and become less siloed? Right. I guess even then, to kind of go backwards, the first step is not even the brand principles. It's almost just like communicating in between departments, right? Yeah. Like not even 
defining that, but just making sure that you're all aware of what the other arm, like the left arm knows what the right arm is doing or whatever that saying is. Yeah. I think everybody is so busy and, you know, cities are often overworked and understaffed. And so they're just very focused on their one priority and initiative. And unfortunately, sometimes another department's doing their own thing and, and we're not communicating. I think to also speak about um, kind of pre-brand principle, I mean, obviously one of those things that gets you there is the engagement of the community and every, the, the people there. Um, and I think, you know, as you talk about civic pride and we're kind of, this is all about that, um, it, is that to me is just a very early form or a thing that says, hey, the city cares about this. I mean, as you start bringing in the public and everything else, to me, that's that's a big step of civic pride and kind of gets people paying attention and what we're all about and everything else, which often, sadly, you don't see. Yeah, I mean, I think even before you come up with anything through the engagement, just the fact that you're doing the engagement, just the fact that you're even listening and, and making an effort, I think is is really huge. As long as it's meaningful, right? Right. right. You don't want the, the tokenism engagement. Right, because I think that's a trap, like that it's pretty easy to fall into is like doing the engagement for the sake of the engagement, but not really actually getting anything out of it. And I do think, you know, I think in an ideal world, city staff and leadership, they want to engage the public, but I think because it's been done incorrectly for so long that they're just tired of getting beat up. You know, they, they have a public meeting and people just come and complain about things. And that's because you're not doing engagement right. You're not talking to them and going out to them and helping solve problems and working together. You're just, you're creating a system that's fostering and encouraging people to just come and complain. Um, yeah, there's probably that fear of it's going to be derailed, like you were saying with, okay, we're talking about this topic and they come in and it's complaining about, I don't know, some road that's always been closed or potholes or something that's in a different bucket. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if, I mean, the format of a meeting is a bunch of chairs facing one way and one person standing up and, and talking at a bunch of people and then fielding questions, that... I mean, if you get out in the community and you do some of those fun engagement type activities and tactical urbanism and just show that, you know, hey, we're just out here, um, you know, there's the saying of like throw a party instead of a meeting. I mean, even that, just like having food at, at an event and talking to people and sitting at round tables and discussing, I, th I mean, I think that straight away is a, is a good first step. So I think the second thing is, you know, don't be afraid to start with small things, small incremental things. And, you know, for planners and developers, that can be incremental development. For, you know, marketing and communications, that can be events. We don't have to throw this $200,000 event where we bring in a Ferris wheel. It can be as simple as close a street and, you know, have somebody play an acoustic guitar and get some cornhole. Like, I mean, we can start with really, really small things. Um, really small projects and just slowly the snowball effect over time. I think Brisa, you've talked before about some, about how the system, you know, and, and elections and all that doesn't really foster doing small things, right? Right. Because, you know, if you're going to get reelected in two years, you're kind of focused on what big thing can I put my name on to show to people who are voting in two years, why they should keep me in. Um, and sometimes some of those smaller things that do take longer to snowball and you'll see the like big end effect of them. You don't necessarily have that runway. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to say, well, I, you know, organized this weekend event. We fixed up this one awning and, you know, you know, we're engaging the youth now. Like 
that's a lot harder to, to point out the benefits and return on that than it is to say, well, I brought in this national chain that created a hundred jobs. So how do we combat that? What's the answer to that? If we're all saying that the format, the voting, everything else is like, what big have you done to, to catch the attention of everybody? Well, what I mean, we're, we've talked about it, that that's maybe it's harder to do the other. What is the solution to that? So, so one of the other things that came out of that Santa Fe um, workshop was the idea of what are ways that the city can get credit for the things that it's doing. You know, some things that surfaced, they were, they were putting on this music festival and everybody loved this music festival. And it was, it was, a, you know, it was a symbol of civic pride for the community, but people didn't even know that the city was involved. It just seemed like this other thing. And the areas where they did know the city was involved was well, why is this pothole not filled and these other things. So it was just negative attention towards the city. And so I think one of the ways is, you know, just through branding and design and making sure that, you know, the city is creating credit for these small things and for these incremental things that it's doing because, you know, that's just like a deposit in the, the, the good bucket of good things the city's doing. Yeah, I think, I think it's really important to make sure you're getting credit, and that might be as small as something tagged on to a logo or an event or like the, the music festival, like you were saying. Um, because oftentimes, I guess it's just human nature to – it's easy to see the negative things. You know, you just kind of gave potholes an example, but when everything's going right, you know, almost you not noticing it is a good thing. But that's where you have to kind of speak up as the city or whatever and say – here, this, this was an event that we put on because, yeah, it, it's totally easier to say nothing about the great stuff but then complain about all the little things because it's just kind of what's in your daily world. Yeah, I mean, even small cities of, you know, 5,000 people, 10,000 people, it's pretty amazing everything that goes into running a city. And, and, and I mean, so there's a lot of people that are working really hard, and it's one of those things that, when every, like you said, when everything's going great, you don't even notice it. It's it's like it just magically is all happening. Your trash kind of just gets picked up and there's roads there. And when you turn on the water, water comes out of the faucet. And, you know, if we think about all the things that go into that, it's, it's a lot of work. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of great things every day. And I just, I think they're just not getting credit for it. And I think, I, th I think that the brand and then breaking down those silos of communication between departments, I think those are ways that, um, you know, the city can get more credit. Any other things on like just examples of small things that you could go do like this weekend? So Dallas, I heard on the radio this morning that they're painting the sidewalks in Oak Lawn. Like it made the radio, like now I knew about it and it was, it's something so easy and simple that, you know, that community appreciates and is going to totally brighten up the city. I mean, it's downtown, bunch of buildings, like it needed that. And it probably took, you know, a couple of hours and I mean, made the radio. Yeah. So that was something really easy. I think one thing that we do a lot with some of the downtowns that we work with and that we, where we manage their social media is these, you know, scavenger hunts, these online social media scavenger hunts that are, they're super simple. They're super cheap. You go buy a couple gift cards at your local businesses, which, you know, straight away they're happy because you have the city coming in spending 20 bucks, 50 bucks on a gift card. So they're, they're getting a sale. And then just on social, you know, come up with some fun clues around your downtown and it encourages people to get out, walk around, explore, 
see their town, not just from their car, but get out and do things and have fun and win stuff. Um, I mean, we do that all the time and the response is great. The, the businesses love it. The residents love it. It gets people taking photos and it gets people sharing photos, which, you know, it's just a snowball effect. More people see that. So I think that's a really easy, fun thing to, to foster civic pride. So I think the, the other thing, um, and, and this should seem obvious of when we're talking about civic pride, you have to start with locals first, um, and kind of a funny story, uh, after that interview with Jeff, we were at, at that conference and there was a cocktail party and we were just kind of chatting again later. And that conversation of focusing on locals first came up and, and I gave him this brilliant quote of, you know, a city that, what, how is that now? I'm forgetting it now, but a city that, you know, is built focuses on tourists may never have locals, but a city that focuses on locals can always get more tourists or Roughly, yeah, yeah. kind of butchering that, but I think you, yeah. you get the idea. And so I gave, I was like, told him about this quote that I'd seen recently. And it was just funny because that was his quote. Like he had written that he had put that on Facebook and I had just seen it. And then, you know, we saw that in the office and liked it and have been kind of using it. Um, so that was kind of funny, but I think it's so true because you kind of forget it, it's easy to ignore what you already have and just think, how can we attract young talent to this community? Well, you have probably a lot of young talent there that how can you encourage them? Um, I always think about, you know, I get so much direct mail from my bank that I'm already a customer of. And I see all these open a checking account, get this, get this. And, you know, they, they give all these great deals and incentives to try to get new customers, but the person that's been with them for 10 years, they're not really focused on rewarding them. And so I think with civic pride, that's if people see everything that you're doing is just for an external audience, that's not going to help with civic pride. Even if it's doing fun, cool things, fun events, and you know, it may help the economy, but if the audience is always this external audience, they're going to feel neglected and like you're skipping over them. It's definitely a what old hat, new hat scenario. I think um, it just goes like, you know, it's a relationship and you have to work on it every single day. Um, and so putting locals first, thinking about them first, just, I don't know. It seems like common sense, but you just get into, you know, what's in front of my plate and everyone is, you know, has their own to-do list. But whenever you have those meetings and those open conversations and you can refer back to the brand principles and, you know, relate everything back to, you know, whatever's, what is everyone's you know, goal together, including the residents goal. I think, you know, things actually do happen. Um, because yeah, if you're only accomplishing, you know, one big thing within two years, you probably could have accomplished a lot more having that communication and those brand principles. I think too, when you've, when you've got the brand principles and everything else, the local people, even at, even as you're going after outside people, tourism, whatever, those local people, if uh, paid attention to and made feel part of the process and everything else, those can turn into your biggest um, brand advocates, you know, for your town. And especially if they're armed with the brand principles and they're all kind of, um, you know, what's fishing in the same direction or whatever with the broad net. I mean, um, those those voices can be very positive. But then, if you don't pay attention to the local people especially in small towns, you will get the complainers and you'll hear that that voice will sadly be louder. So yeah, to just recap real quickly, um, you know, the, the kind of three things to really foster civic pride is one, it really helps to be aligned with brand principles and, and that starts with engagement. If you can start engaging the public and define these brand principles, that makes all of these big hard decisions a lot easier. 
And the second is don't be afraid to start small. Don't go for the home run, the Hail Mary, small things, small events. Um, those go a long way because they add up. And lastly, don't just look for outside investment, outside tourists. Um, start with locals. What What's going to connect with and benefit and help foster relationships with your locals? If you start there, they'll become your biggest advocates and they'll do a lot of that heavy lifting for you. Um, so I think if you if you do those th three things, you're well on your way to fostering civic pride and making your town a better place to be. Thanks for listening to Eyes on the Street, a Civic Brand podcast. If you're interested in learning more, check out civicbrand.com.